Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is a bonus episode of the Adweek podcast. Uh, I don't have to tell you, if you're listening to this, that uh, the war in Ukraine has now reached its second week and on. And uh, it is affecting the marketing world in many ways. It is affecting the entire world in many ways. Ukraine has been a hub of so many aspects of the global marketing scene. uh, And the human toll of it uh, has just been horrific. Uh, And... Today, I wanted to talk to someone who's been uh, paying close attention to this and also serving as a sort of intermediary, helping uh, the marketing world uh, here in the West uh, and in Ukraine and those uh, the diaspora leaving Ukraine right now uh, to keep them all informed and connected and to find opportunities for those coming out and just generally making sure that everyone is aware of it. Uh, Katja Kotiar, uh, you are, well, tell us uh, tell us about yourself and then we'll dive in. Uh, I have so many questions for you and I really appreciate you making time for us. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Katya. I'm um, originally from Odessa, Ukraine. Uh, I call myself kind of an accidental immigrant. I, um, I'm here in the United States by winning a lottery. Uh, so didn't necessarily um, intend to leave Ukraine, but that just happened. And um, about 12 years ago, I moved here permanently. I'm currently in LA and um, I'm very um, happy to be here and kind of continuing spreading the word and helping everyone understand what's going on in Ukraine and how to get involved. When you say winning a lottery, is this like a, a what do you mean by that? It's a green card lottery. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's the annual U.S. government initiative to diversify the workforce and kind of the fabric of um, U.S. society, which is I'm very grateful for. And um, that's how uh, that's how I got here. So um, I guess I exhausted my luck in the lotteries um, with that one because I haven't won anything in a lottery since then. But uh, that would be enough. That's pretty good. Um, so, and and just give us a a quick overview professionally. You're a, you're a strategist, correct? Uh, yes, I'm a strategy director here in LA, um, Agency Omelette. Um, I've been um, practicing strategy uh, in different shapes and forms um, almost ever since I moved here. It's been a really interesting journey. 
that um, I'm where I met a lot of really interesting people along the way, including you, David. And it's uh, yeah, and uh, I was very um, it's it's very um, it's very warming to see the response from um, the people in advertising community. I think for for the most part, people who saw some some something from me um, have uh, reached out about donations. Uh, people I've worked with in the past have reached out. Um, it's I think it's um, people are definitely paying attention. I think it's my kind of job I've taken on a little bit to keep keep everyone up to speed and keep reminding that this is everything is going on, and so people don't don't stop. That doesn't fall off the agenda, or definitely doesn't stop. I can't thank you enough for the role you've played. You so much of the folks you've connected me with and Adweek with, um, but just also being uh, one of those connectors at a time when we really needed. And, and this has been such a defining moment for social media and the role that social media plays. Uh, but I, there's, as I said, there's several things that I'm, I'm eager to ask you about. But first, just tell us about your childhood. Tell us about growing up uh, in Odessa, what you remember about it. Um, I actually continue going to Odessa frequently. I've been freelancing before I started my recent job. I've been freelancing for three years and spent a lot of time uh, back at home. Uh, my family still lives there. Um, my closest friends of you know 25 years, my best friend still lives there with her entire family who are my second set of parents. And I spend typically two months out of the year uh, over in uh, Odessa. Uh, and um, it's a really special place for me. And I think it will remain a very special place um, no matter what, no matter where I end up in the world. And I'll always keep coming back to it because I think the the way that you know there are a lot of stereotypical things that are uh, in um, that are f- famous that this is famous for it's kind of humor food hospitality and kind of like the sea the beaches and all that kind of fun stuff the seafood <laughs> but I think it's um, all the combinations of that for me have in a very special recipe um, and with just having the people that I love um, still kind of being there and not necessarily wanting to live anywhere else uh, kind of um, kind of reminds me to not just to come back for a vacation whenever I can, but to have a more meaningful connection with a place. And um, I grew up there. So I went to um, early um, to elementary, middle high school. I went to university there. I have a degree in economics from a local university that is uh, very old. It's a very old building. So hopefully that stands. Uh, and um, I am very grateful for my upbringing. I think um, once at some point I moved here and one, one person told me, um, that I met along the way that to really assimilate, I had to really kind of give up my roots and make sure that I'm becoming kind of, I integrate into culture. And I think like quickly, um, it became obvious that that was really not, I was very young and I kind of tried to listen and consider it, but it quickly became obvious that that's definitely not the way. And I think the kind of a little bit of a superpower is where you come from, um, and I think um, it definitely made me a better person growing up there and coming here. Um, it kind of even having a different perspective on things sometimes, especially in advertising, um, it's really important where people kind of who 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 grow up in the same place and uh, kind of work in the same place might not even have an outsider perspective on things. Um, 
and that helped that helped in everything in relationships with people in relationships at work in kind of in my work um day-to-day work as well so i think um and odessa is just a really fun place and i have always have a very (laughs) stupid face when someone tells me something kind of a problem and i try to turn it into a joke a little bit because that is definitely the stereotype about people from odessa that i would like to keep keep on uh, throughout my life is kind of approaching things with humor. Um, and um, a lot of famous um, writers um, that write that work in kind of in humor um, came from Odessa. And um, I would love to uh, keep that part of my um, background going uh, and kind of tell, tell stories uh, Tell stories about what's going on, but not keep not lose the humor part of approaching the horrible things um, as part of my DNA. Now, I, I I believe last I saw Odessa had um, not not taken the full brunt of the Russian attack yet. Uh, luckily, I'm I'm very you know I, I it's hard to say. It's one of those things where th- so much changes every day. Um, but obviously, your your family, your friends, all your loved ones are in my thoughts. And every time I've seen updates on Odessa, uh, but, but I guess tell me where how how you're. It's, I don't want to say how you're feeling about it because that's a tremendously open ended question. But when you think about your home and this just seeming slow march of of these uh, attacks across uh ukraine just i i guess tell me yeah like how are you how are you thinking about all this um i i mean it's it's really it's really not easy to put that into words i think uh kind of the constant hum of horror kind of like an you know an anxiety about everything is something that everyone who i know is experiencing no matter what city you're friends or family or loved ones are from actually it's kind of funny that ever since I moved here a lot of people have started visiting as people grew up and started traveling the world a little bit so I actually met more Ukrainians living in the United States than um than I did uh in Ukraine so in addition to all the friends that I already had I now have friends from a lot of different places and it's kind of I think I don't see necessarily and we don't see it necessarily as much uh, as you know oh i'm just worrying about my city i think everyone um who i've been talking to here and on the state side and everywhere in the world are really concerned about the whole country which i think is very different from how you know the other side is positioning it uh you know there are a lot of kind of disinformation and trying to see the division as odessa for example being extremely pro-russian city which is definitely not true i think the, the way that people are responding to this right now is another proof and um we're just constantly checking on the ways that we can help. Um, I think there's a big group of expats here uh, in LA specifically. We meet all the time, almost daily with different groups of people. We have multiple group chats where we exchange information and where we can donate, where the help is needed, where money is needed, kind of have all the ways that, you know, you can transfer money the fastest um, through certain bank accounts. It's just endless. Um, Obviously we can't, we're in a very different position. I have to acknowledge it. Uh, We're in a very different position here and everyone is realizing that as being in, you know, absolute safety is also not easy. Um, Nothing, it can be compared to anything that happens in Ukraine, of course, and people who are 
trying to um, leave the country to get their children to safety, to get themselves to safety. Uh, it, I can't even compare what we're feeling to that because it's just the 0.1001% of the horror that people are experiencing on the ground. And I think for us, it's just kind of what is the maximum thing we can do from here um, that we're all trying to do together and how we can take care, not just of the people from our cities where we're from, but um, other places where people need help. And and bef- I, I, I definitely want to spend much of the rest of our conversation talking about how each of us can be helping. Um, I, I certainly, I think, like many of our listeners, uh, you know, I've, I've donated, I've tried sharing, um, and it still feels so impotent. It's, it still feels so inconsequential some days. And and so I hope this will, if nothing else, serve as a reminder of why it's important. Um, but first, I did want to give some context around for those who don't know much about the the Ukrainian business community uh, in Ukraine, the, the role it plays in the global advertising, I think, uh, Folks might not realize a lot of their favorite ads were shot in Ukraine. That, that's a very common thing. I feel like so much of it. There are a lot of developers on major software, uh, major uh, companies and online brands uh, were taking place in Ukraine. What, what else can you tell us about the the business side of, of what all was happening in Ukraine? I think it's 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 a really dramatic um, evolu- evolution in in a good way. Um, not just um, I think production houses are one an industry of its own. Um, there's Radioactive, which probably the most famous one that um, made music videos for Coldplay, for uh, Team Impala, for Miley Cyrus that were actually shot, even shot in Ukraine. There's there's that part of the creative, uh, creative industry over there, but there are also um, a lot of um, advertising agencies and a lot of creatives. There's a big advertising school in Kiev uh, there is um, there are a lot of people who are just creative without having any experience studying anywhere just because naturally it's a pretty it's a pretty um, kind of liberating environment to be in where um, um, I went to Kiev for the first time after a break I think around five years ago um, and uh, it's a very special feeling there it, it's uh, architecture restaurants uh, creative um, movies um, a lot of original things are um, being created not just you know taken as a franchise from from anywhere else I think it's really interesting um, it was really interesting for me to see that happening and really inspiring and I started keeping closer track of that since then. And there are a lot of indie agencies there um, that work with local brands and build really fun advertising that sometimes um, kind of reminds me of creativity. And, you know, sometimes I wish I could put that that ad in a deck, but it doesn't have subtitle version or something like that, or it's not, you know, it's not translated into English, but um, I try to kind of uh, tell about the idea, at least the core of the idea to kind of to inspire others, because um, there's a lot going on that's um, in creative industry. I think architects, architecture is another big one. There are multiple studios that are uh, creating work, not just for Ukraine, but on the global um, um, on the global um, level as well. Um, it's a it's a beautiful creative community that was basically put on pause because obviously um it's not easy to not just um work but survive at the moment and especially in the hubs in the biggest creative hub is um in big trouble to say at least um 
Yeah, and, and it it seems like many of those agencies and creatives have pivoted toward uh, creating uh, messages, uh, you know, from everything they've learned from brand marketing and putting that toward uh, spreading the word globally uh, and within Ukraine about ways to uh, offset the the very infamous Russian propaganda machine, uh, which has uh, I I don't I I feel like some folks don't realize just how massive it is. And so you've for those who have been seeing so much of the positive Ukraine messaging coming out, it's a real testament to so many so many Ukrainians, so many in the creative community that they were able to drown out a lot of that because now that some of that initial sharing and the, in the, here in the West has started to to die down, you're seeing more of the misinformation. You're seeing Russia really using bots and using all sorts of malicious methods to spread. Uh, these just horrible, you know, that, oh, oh the, these are, this is all Ukraine doing it to itself. The Russian, no, nah, the Russian soldiers are great. It's really terrible stuff. So they're, they're fighting a war on, on this information front in a way that we've never seen before. Yeah, I think it's, um, Russia is definitely infamous for the misinformation machine. It's massive. I think there's even, there's a really good article, the agency um, from New York Times from around, uh, I think, seven years ago um, about um, the misinformation agency, basically, that um, put this on um, put this to on the global scale with reaching um, news in the United States and kind of even doctoring news in the United States. But um, imagine what it can do in the same language if that could end up on U.S. television, I think. It, it, but at the same time, as you said, it's a testament to local creative community because everyone knows. I think they, it's, a, it's a kind of a parallel reality that everyone knows uh, that it exists. And when you know what exists kind of out there, you can kind of plan for plan for combating it, or at the very least, you are very familiar with the tools of how to counteract it. And I think there's massive um, organizational efforts within the Ukrainian creative community and kind of globally, whoever can help to um, to overwhelm that amount of information with counter messaging, with kind of telling the truth, because I think it takes a different, it, it takes a really special kind of person to uh, consider that people who are uh, pregnant women in the Mariupol hospital from yesterday were um, actors. I think it takes a very special person to believe that, but at the same time, uh, a lot of people are unfamiliar with what's going on. So some of that messaging is really going through and kind of seeding that what if, um, you know, type of uh, thinking, which is something that is extremely dangerous for uh, people in Ukraine and people, Ukrainians, uh, you know, elsewhere, because not only it's depressing to see people believing this, but it's also uh, it also means that your enemy is starting to shift the narrative a little bit. So uh, there are multiple Again, multiple group chats, multiple organizations of different kind of groups of creatives that are uh, working on creating content, that are organizing kind of files that you can, sharing files that you can post on your own and reaching out to people. And um, the quality of the work, <laughs> all the kind of all the um, propaganda things aside, even from the creative um, perspective, the quality of the work is extremely high, I think, as well. It's um, shows the, that the level of professionalism in Ukraine in creative industry is extremely high. And it's also done under distress and under on a very short timeline. So I think um, it's... I think it, there's a lot of adrenaline, of course, to keep going and a lot of um, desire to help um, 
you know, with really inspired by the, all of the horrible things going on to, um, to do whatever you can. And I think, um, which is resulting in really impactful work that I just, some of the things that I, I see and I'm kind of sharing, I'm like, I can't basically have to take a break uh, in between, uh, in between meetings during the day to just kind of get, get myself back together to go back to work because some of the things are really, um, horrifying that the i feel like let's start there with how people can help you know because i and and i don't have to tell ukrainian americans ukrainian expats like they they they're doing their part and more so i and first i want to thank everyone in those communities because they really have been just so amazing about getting the word out, keeping the word out, really keeping folks, just humanizing it and keeping it connected. Uh, news outlets, of course, are doing an amazing job covering this as well. Uh, but I think like a lot of folks, I saw a drop off after those first few days of many of the people in my social feeds who aren't Ukrainian uh they were very, you know, supportive uh, of the country in those first few days. And then they moved on to other things that they want to post about and talk about. And we all have lives and we all have things that we want to talk about. But I feel if nothing else, folks should still make that time every day to share the news, share the images, share the reality coming out of there and recognize that that as they've gotten quieter, the misinformation has been allowed to get louder because it's filling the vacuum, it's filling that space. So I, uh, starting there, I guess, what would you tell folks about uh, if they've kind of not, maybe, maybe they want to be more active in supporting Ukraine, what what can they do, what should they do, starting with just uh, what you can do day-to-day in social media and then moving on to donations and what else you could be doing with your time? I think there's, um, there. I think first of all, which is something that I told everyone I know from day one, um, I basically created a copy paste message with 101 disinformation and just really tried to ask people to triple check what they're sharing. I, I think everyone, everyone in Ukraine knew it was going to come as soon as this would start. So it was almost literally the first thing that I told my English speaking friends, um, please, please make sure that you verify what you're posting because some of the things they're even um, right now, it's so deep that um, there's, a, a, there's a post that no one can really track to where it's coming from about how Ukrainians are going to attack Ukrainians when this all ends, because we're going to be uh, really attacking people who left the country or who didn't help or didn't, wasn't loud enough, which again, is one of the kind of like the cultural war seeding division already among people. Um, even that is, shouldn't be shared around because that is not the message that people need to see today. I think we're the, the level of care that right now the community is giving each other, whether it's here in LA or back in Ukraine or at the border or at the countries um, that are accepting refugees is unparalleled. It's something that we've never seen before and we're not going to stop. So let's not. That message is really hopeful. So I think um, I think first and foremost, please double double check the sources. Um, you know, Twitter does prompt you to click on the um, to read the, the URL before you we share it. Please do that. Please kind of read, read what you're reading for what you're resharing first and um, make sure that the information that you're sharing uh, is verified. I think it's really, it's really, really important today, especially in English language, um, because 
um, there's there's a lot of subtle misinformation going around and it's impossible to track everything. Um, I think verifiable news sources, it's not not news to anyone here in the United States. I think it's um, it's kind of your your um, news news reading and sharing 101. Um, in terms of, I think if, if, if I talk about um, advertising community, I think there's one thing that I'm um, trying to do is get people um, jobs. Consider who you can hire, who you're comfortable hiring at what level. And um, there are multiple sources online at this point. So it's not really hard to Google and maybe consider hiring someone for a small project or a small part of the project. Um, in terms of 3D or 3D um, editors, um, anyone who can do work remotely, the creative industry in Ukraine is incredible. The animators, illustrators, artists um, who are now creating art for sale in return to donations, for example, um, you can um, not just um, buy yourself a beautiful piece of art or something custom art, but also hire the same people for um, for an illustration project. I think uh, even doing that once uh, not only is going to give people a little bit of money, but also will give them moral boost that they know that the rest of the world is hearing about them. I think Airbnb projects that happened um, kind of un unfolded over the past week brought a lot of my friends to tears where um, the I'm sure you saw the Airbnb, people on Airbnb started booking apartments, even obviously they're not intending to stay there within the next week to next month. Um, I think the just talking to people back in Ukraine who actually had that happen to them, not from the news or from the viral Instagram accounts, everyone was crying when, when they saw that that was happening because it's um, the, the life didn't stop, but the life that brought, uh, you know, sustained income has definitely stopped. And, and the economy of the country really needs um, for the war, for the, all of the um, events to really um, stop for it to be back on track and for people to continue making money and supporting their families and supporting their children. So um, even I think a short project understanding there might be a language barrier, there might be uh, something that, you know, local context that is not um, familiar to people who work in Ukraine. But again, we're a very global bunch and I'm sure that there is something that something small that um, at the very least that people can do. Um, and I think in terms of um, I, I'm reaching out to to people that I know, to my friends and former agencies. Um, and um, I think there is a humanitarian crisis brewing. It's not brewing. It's already kind of there with people fleeing the country and um, the the availability of products, certain hygiene products and food and just basic life necessities um, is a huge problem. So if you're working on a brand that um, can, can can is donatable and it's transportable to um, Eastern Europe, to countries that are accepting refugees, I think I would consider talking to your client team, um, talking to your brand team and asking if the brand, that brand would be willing to donate something. I think even if it's a little bit, um, uh, even if it's a little, a little bit, it's going to add to the big pile of everyone donating um, and um, it's going to, to be a huge help. And for folks who want to contribute, uh, you know, even if it's $100, $200, just something, where do you – I know there's so many options now, thankfully. In the early days, it was kind of 
a small number of options to where you could contribute. Now it's opened up. Where where do you personally recommend people start with for financial donations? Uh, I, I think there, there are a lot of resources available at this point. I think um, if um, there's the, the most urgent one, I think the Ukrainian community in Stanford is um, trying to fill a plane with medical supplies and they're looking to raise $150,000 until uh, before um, March 14th. So if, if that is the most urgent, something that we're um, getting community to um, donate for. Uh, there are multiple sources online. I think if there's, um, um, if my my recommendation would be to find the local um, humanitarian uh, missions, humanitarian efforts on the ground that are working with um, refugees or are um, donating money or products, uh, delivering products directly to people. I think um, people on the ground because organizations like Red Cross um, are um, a go-to, but at the same time, there are a lot of organizations on the ground, a lot of volunteer groups that are um, that are in need of help, uh, and they are doing the work, daily work, uh, with a lot of with enormous amount of people on the ground. That's a that's wonderful advice, and I think you know it's a it's a good reminder to kind of look around us and see that that. It you know it can feel some days like we're so far away from this, and then other days like it is it is all happening right outside our door. And to find those efforts locally and and help support them and and get supplies they need is is great advice. Any anything else uh, that you I guess just want to leave people with to be thinking about? Um, this is this is something that's I I mean I feel terrible saying this. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, and I, I, I worry if I'm being honest, I, I worry people are going to get that news fatigue, uh, where they just see war, even, even though we're only two weeks in, uh, to a war and these, these can sometimes drag on for so long, but already it, again, it just feels like people are mentally moving on. I guess, what would you, what would you, what do you want people to, um, to take away from this conversation? I think one thing that um, I would I would say that for Ukrainians, this has been going on for eight years. It's been going on since 2014, and uh, people have been living with the refugees from the war-torn East, where people have been dying weekly um, over the past eight years. So I think um, just consider that for a second and how how present that war was in the life of Ukrainians over the past eight years. And now it culminated in this. I think this is the hopefully the culmination of those eight years. And it's not going to drag out for too long. But um, I understand that being so far away from from the, the horrors and the action, not not being the country that it is in Europe, that is geographically close um, to um, to Ukraine and is accepting um, refugees in the amounts that Germany, that Poland uh, is accepting, I think um, is hard, is making it hard to think about it every day. I think even um, there's, I can't ask of people to think about this on the daily basis and be curious about it on the daily basis. But I think, um, I think it would be, it would be, um, it would be really nice if people would be able to uh, stay connected to what's going on in Ukraine, because I think 
this is a monumental event in the global history, other than just just in the history of Ukraine and memes and you know elo- eloquent, strong president that Ukraine has are one thing, but at the same time, in terms of history, this is this is a cornerstone moment that history books are going to be covering for decades, uh, and um, our children are going to be reading um, reading about in history books. Um, so just not to stand by and um, think that this is a fleeting news moment, uh, and consider the impact that this is going to have on the on the world uh, for years uh, for years to come. That's that's so well said, and and I would just encourage other parents like I am. Uh, you know, I have two children, and I made the decision early on to talk to them about this essentially every day uh, at dinner. Uh, we talk about what's happening. We talk about what it means. Uh, those are hard, and it would be so much easier to just say, "Let's shield them from that," right? Like, let's let's not. I don't want them to be scared. I don't want them to think about these things. But it, it, to me, it's important, and, and I think that the to your point about this is history happening in real time. I think I think we all around the earth are getting a little tired of being part of history these last few years. It's been it's been such such a uh, just a heavy weight. Um, but this moment is, is so important and, and it's so important for us to be there uh, for the people who are, are living through it, uh, and experiencing it so close every day. I, I can't thank you enough, Katja, for joining us and talking about this. It, it means so much. And, uh, I would encourage everyone to, uh, to, to, uh, find, you know, check, check out your tweets. Um, do you want to share your Twitter account just so people can find it for updates or? Um, I, I'm at uh, Catalogic on Twitter, but I really do not want to draw too much attention to myself. I feel kind of embarrassed um, about that a little bit. Um, please um, read verifiable news sources, um, donate what you can, participate in the in the history, honestly, and um, definitely do not focus on my Twitter. <laughs> But I really appreciate the conversation and your attentiveness to this and um, just, you know, helping helping the world to an advertising community to learn a little bit more about what's going on in Ukraine. Well, I hope I know you are surrounded by other people like yourself who are are doing so much to spread this. But uh, for many of us who are not part of the Ukrainian community or Ukrainian American community, uh, people like you are so tremendously important and are doing such incredible work. And I just want to thank you. I know to you, it probably feels like, oh, there's a lot of people doing what I'm doing. Uh, And and I hope that's true. Uh, But for me personally, for for many of us in the advertising community, you have really helped keep this top of mind, helped to stay informed in a really responsible way uh, and to stay engaged with it. And uh, I... I, I know you. Uh, you don't want to, the attention to be on you at all, but I, I, on a personal level, I really appreciate you, and to appreciate so many of the Ukrainians in my life who have um, kept this information going through really terrible times. So, th- thank you, Gotcha. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you. We'll be back with a regularly scheduled uh, episode, uh, but uh, really appreciate you joining us for this bonus episode and conversation. And uh, stay, stay tuned. Keep an eye on the news and share what you can responsibly and be safe. Hey there. Are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? 
Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan.